Hi, and welcome to the round 18 review on the Dr. Supercoach podcast. I'd like to apologize in advance if you hear any coughing. Um, actually, I've picked up an illness, so um, it might be a bit of a hastier pod as well. So we'll just get through the round review and then um, hopefully answer everyone's questions in that. So, Geary, I'm joined by you again this week. You had an awesome week, mate. Tell us how it went. Yeah, um, it was my best week of the season. Uh, I scored 2,562. Um, that's all my rank rise from about 18K to 13,786. So that was about a 5K rise. Um, and, yeah, a lot went right for me this week. Just like Primus did well. Daniel Rich did well, that was handy. Um, and hopefully this run of form for me continues going into Supercoach Finals. Yeah, you're primed for a, a really big run home, mate. And, I mean, I don't mind my chances anymore. I was expecting a low score, maybe even sub-2,000 before the week. But um, I, I went into the week with two donuts after Aaron Hall, Deledio, Dowhouse still not getting up and Menadu getting dropped all just slapped me in the face, which I, I probably kind of deserved it. But I decided to only use the one trade to fix an issue, which was Aaron Hall, and um, just cop the rest of it. But still scored 22.37, which I'm kind of happy with. Only dropped a 1,000 in rank, and I'm just sitting outside the 10K now. So, I mean, a little bit of crisis averted for me. If Deledio and Dowhouse can come back this week, I reckon I'm primed for a bit of a storm home. So I reckon yeah. we're, both, we're both looking all right, especially after that uh, POD pick of uh, Jack Stephen that we both oh, went with for Gary Ablett. That was great. I reckon we should uh, give ourselves a bit of a pat on the back there. Well, he hit us with an 89, and then he repaid us in spades with 150. But we'll talk about yeah. him later. Um, yeah. The vice-captaincy choice of the week was Scott Pendlebury, who only scored 115. Did you take that score, Geary? No, I didn't. I chucked it on Danger, who did just... He, probably, he scored four points less than that. Mm. Um, still, like, it's something we expected from Scott Pendlebury. Like, that's... That's his average. That's roughly his average for the season. So it's not a bad score. It's just not something you'd take as um, a captain's score. So yeah, didn't, um, didn't still blow a anyone away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, another guy who had a decent outing who probably scored a hundred points more than uh, we all expected to was uh, Daniel Wells, who was uh, I'd say a almost literal, quite literally a last second inclusion. Uh. Um, I'm going to hit this right on the head before we get too much into it, but we did post a status saying Daniel Wells was out, attempting to give our community a little edge on everyone else. I mean, Triple M had confirmed it. Fox 40 was saying that it was, um, that'd be shocked. It was 99% chance he was out. And um, we'd heard it from another couple of sources within ourselves. So um, we posted it trying to give everyone the edge before it was actually confirmed and I mean, it's a mistake that we'll probably learn from. We did try to give everyone the edge, but it did backfire because he did end up getting up and playing. So apologize, apologies to anyone that we affected with that, but um, let's hope that it isn't too bad in the long run. And moving on, I say, um, Todd Goldstein, not his usual output. Is he still being hampered by that knee injury? He doesn't seem to be moving as well as he was earlier in the season. Nah, he's not. Um, I think, I think he needs a break. He needs a spell. Like, he's obviously he hasn't had the time to recover. He's played 
week after week, so it's not ideal for Goldstein. Um, the situation he's in, and he's he also came up against Ruckman. That's probably starting to you know hit the prime of his career in uh, Brody Grundy, and it, you can just say that Brody Grundy was the better Ruckman on the day. Um, there's not too much else you can say about it, really. Yeah, he played with um, a lot Goldstein, more energy. Yeah, um, Goldstein just had a bad day, and Brody Grundy just had an excellent day. I think that's what it really comes down to um, when you look at Friday night's game. Yeah, I tend to agree, mate. And there weren't many other talking points. Trelaw did happen to crack the ton as well, so if you traded him in for Gary Ablett, then you'd be pretty happy. And other than that, pretty much what we expected from from this game. And North Melbourne got the win and um, definitely did their top eight chances no harm at all. So another couple of games clear again. Um, The next game of the round was the Saturday Arvo game, and that was Sydney and Carlton. Um, notably, the Sydney midfielders, Luke Parker and Josh Kennedy, they seem to be the only two getting up, uh, fronting up week in and week out nowadays. Um, we won't talk too much about them, but what has happened to Hanabry? Yeah, um, that's a, this is a problem for me as well. He's just seemed to have fallen off a cliff. Um, he's still averaging something like 115 for the year, um, which is pretty good, but if... I think his last three, yeah, his last three, he's averaged 83, which is absolutely shocking for a top eight midfielder. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's quite worrying signs. I wouldn't trade him just yet. Um, I'd look at your league games. If you're in a crucial league game and he's, a, he's someone I'd put under the uh, bracket of risky POD, if, you know, he is a POD in one of your head-to-head matchups. Um, and I'd probably only trade him if you've got two or three trades left. If you've got... If you're using your last trade to take out Henry, I'd stay away from it. Nah, craziness. And I wouldn't even consider anything like that until you're deep in Supercoach finals or ineligible for the the uh, ranking prize. So, um, I mean, he's just not a player I can fathom trading out considering how well he can do yeah. on his good day. Um, the best thing about Hanbury not doing well, well, I mean, if you want to look at the silver lining, is that it's actually everyone's problem. He's one of the most popular players in the game, so um, I think we just yeah. fun, we just cop it until he starts steadily repaying us again. Um, yeah, someone that's in a team, so it's not too bad. <clears throat> yeah, definitely not a POD, but someone that is, yeah. Bryce Gibbs, he's back to his mid-season form with a, a huge score. Where did this come from? Actually, I have a theory about this. Uh, Houghton almost looked like they were going to beat the Blues. Yeah. And I, it's, and it was. Uh, I think it's just a case of when Houghton play well, uh, Bryce Gibbs is usually at the centre of it. Um, we saw before, in a, like during uh, Bryce Gibbs's amazing run in the middle of the season, it was during Carlton's long winning streak yeah, as well. Yeah, they were competitive um, then. Yeah, they were really competitive. And um, this is another game where Carlton were really competitive, and I almost, I almost believed that they could beat this Sydney team. And yeah, it's just another. Re- it was just um, on the back of Bryce Gibbs's performance. So I think it's um, quite easy to say that Bryce Gibbs is uh, almost synonymous with uh, Carlton. All right, I will pose a question to you then. If you think Carlton will improve next year and um, will win a few more games. 
Do you contemplate starting Bryce Gibbs in your team if he uh, falls in that 500k bracket? Jesus. Um, oh, asking me to do my 2017 Supercoach homework already. Um, uh, well, you're out of the running as it is, mate, so let's just start focusing on yeah, that. Yeah, you, well, you might as well start your homework. No, let, let's year. face it. We both, Well, let's face it. I mean, 200,000 people are already out of the running, so... But yeah. um, nah, league, league's obviously being important. But yeah, nah, it's it is an interesting question because if uh, he's if he's up there with him. Carlton, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't start him. But um, <clears throat> I'd he'd be someone I'd watch very closely if his price came down. Like uh, if his price came down to the uh, right uh, at the right mark, then I'd definitely pick him up. But uh, not someone I'd start my team with. Yeah, definitely a fair answer. Um, Cade Simpson and Sam Doherty continued their usual form. And aside from that, I mean, Carriage is a talking point. He just failed to fire at all. And if you've got, I mean, let's say in excess of five trades, if you've got five, six, seven, whatever, however many trades, and you've got Carriage sitting there just sitting on a, a small gold mine there, I reckon it's about time. Or if you had a small number of um, small bit of bank there, um, maybe just trying to upgrade him somewhere. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think he's probably someone you should have traded out uh, a few few weeks ago. Um, he's served his purpose, so there's no point in really keeping him. He's there are a lot better forwards out there than Sam Carriage, and it's. Unless you're using him as bench cover, um, as like an F7 or an M9, then there's no point really holding on to him. Yeah, definitely agree. And, I mean, he, he will prove to be good bench cover. So if you have him there, then no doubt hold on to him. But if he's somewhere sitting on your um, your forward line or your midfield, then probably time to give him the flick. And someone you could flick him for, in the next game over Gold Coast Frio, Tom Lynch continues to kill it and... He was our biggest Barlow um, trading option. He's still just ticking along nicely. Uh, yeah, um, he was he was excellent. Um, I think he he more or less bullied this the Fremantle defence, and he's currently priced at four hundred ninety eight k. So it's a bit it's you'd consider that to be a steeper end for a key forward, but there's no reason. Um, for them to, there's a reason for that uh, for Tom Lynch to not continue this form. He's got a pretty decent run home. Um, Melbourne, GWS, Essendon, Collingwood, and Port. Um, that's his run home. Besides GWS, I think he can be very competitive against the other four sides. Yeah, no doubt. And he's been kicking good scores yeah. in losing teams as well. So. I mean, I just, I just reckon he's an excellent POD to pick up if you're, if you're dropping a forward at any point in time. Um, the only other real talking points in this one, Lockie Neal finally repaid anyone that traded him in for Ablett with a ton. And, I mean, Sam Collins, if you had to loophole him anywhere, or I don't think there were any major defenders that were missing. Or maybe McVeigh. If you had Sam Collins on for McVeigh, then he would have actually repaid you pretty well with the 78. 70. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Ryan um, Davis got him on the bench as well. And yeah, well, I and hope not. Score. Yeah. <laughs> um, West Coast Melbourne's the next game, and 
Matt Prittis. So if you, I mean, a few weeks ago, you would have been going, all right, I didn't dodge a bullet with Prittis, but he's not killing me. He hasn't scored any of these massive scores, hasn't done any of these crazy things that has made me regret it. And Nick Nat's out, so he's not looking like doing it. Um, he's proving a couple of people wrong, and he's repaying those people that jumped on him when he was cheap. This is a big score. Yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, he's done really well. Um, yeah, really fantastic game. I think he was on 60-something at quarter time, so he he looked like uh, joining the 200 club at one point. Um, and f- uh, fortunately for me, he didn't, because uh, in one of my... Um, and one of my leagues, uh, someone had a, my opponent had BC, Ooh, which was uh, yeah, it was. I, I still won. I still won my match up, but uh, it was a bit of an anxious mode for me. Um, yeah, uh, other good performances. Uh, Scott Lassette, um, uh turned yeah. up. Uh, what about? What about his ruck opponent, Max Gorn, who just went massive oh. as Maxi does away from Melbourne? Yeah, he's done really well. He's, this is another side that... Another case of uh, Gorn just being absolutely dominant. Um, he's going to finish off as the number one ruck year. Um, I don't have him. Oh. Uh, Why not? Yeah, I've, I've got Goldstein and I've... Uh, I kind of uh, stuck it out with Stephen Martin. Well, at least um, he's repaying you, so I can't really laugh there. Yeah, but... yeah, I can't really complain, but no. yeah, not having gone does hurt. Mm, no doubt um, that would. Um, Petrarca's the other big one. I know Viney did well as a POD, but Petrarca scored 100 for all those people that had to whack him on for um, Aaron Hall, Deledio, and Dowhouse, etc., so... Um, he yeah. looks like he's just going to be... He's very hit or miss, but very good cover when you need him. Yeah, he's, uh, he's my, he was my cover as well. Um, I had him ready to go uh, if Wells wasn't out. So I guess like, uh, there, was, there wasn't really much of a points lost. There weren't points lost or gained uh, from either of them. So, you know, win-win. Yeah, he's going to be a good bench cover from, from now on out. And you're lucky that you didn't need him over the weekend considering all the um, forward line omissions. Yeah. And Geary, let's move on to our yeah. favourite game of the round, mate. Bulldogs versus St Kilda. Oh. Read that number one oh, score for St Kilda. Jackie Stevens, my, our boy. What did he score? Our boy, Jackie Stevens. He scored 150 on the dot. That's the one. Jack Stevens finally paying us back for choosing him over the rest. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. Bonzapella was in this game as well. Yeah, he's uh, he scored 104 pre-scale. I don't have him, so I don't know what he ended up scaling to. But he's, if he turned up, then you're laughing. A win's a win, that's for sure. Like, tons of tons. So, um I mean, Nick Nick Rewalt was the other one, and I mean, aside from just watching Jack Stephen go ham, this was a little bit of a nothing game unless you own Lee Montagna. Hey, he has been an absolute roller coaster, hasn't he? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a bit like Katy Perry, hot and cold, yes and no. Oh boy, in and out. Uh, we're quoting yeah, Katy Perry uh, now on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, uh, I think that's what we've come to really. Um, yeah, it's been a bit of a disaster if you picked him up. I wouldn't say so disaster. I wouldn't say disaster. I mean, he's, he's had one or two bad games, but um, yeah, ha- hasn't he been terrible. Since you picked him up, he would have averaged about 90, wouldn't he? <laughs> oh, I'd imagine. 
I don't know. I need a little bit more. Do you, are you not an owner of Montagna? I don't own Montagna. No, see, that's why That's why you're a hater, because you're not on the bandwagon. Um, no, he's had some I'm really big there. scores. He's just he's killed himself with yeah. efficiency here and there in the year. Uh, so, yeah, not yeah. not too bad at all. Um, but, yeah, aside from Jack Stephen v. Bontempelli, this was... I mean, Joe Hannison came back all right. All those people that traded him yeah. in early. Yeah, Joe Hannison, he would have got to a 90-odd, I'd imagine. Hold up, hold up, Geary. We're, we're dodging one of the biggest talking points here, mate. Tom Liberatore could not get into the game at all, and he just scored a lowly, yeah. lowly 50 score. Yeah. What would your advice be Another to anyone one. still holding on to Liber? Um, yeah, move him on. Move him on. Go on. Uh, nothing to... Yeah. Just... If you've... I mean... He's... He's not someone you'd consider a premium midfielder, so you definitely have to move him on. Yeah, and I know it's just his comeback game. It might be a little bit harsh, but he will provide this every now and then, and unfortunately, it's just what he is. He's not quite that super premium, and just try and get in there no matter what. And moving on to the next game, I mean, to be honest, this wasn't a big weekend for um, Supercoach. Most people scored well. There weren't many disappointments. Um, there weren't any injuries, weren't any suspensions, so we're struggling to find traction on, on what to actually talk about, but this game should provide some talking points, and that's Geelong versus Adelaide, and Jimmy Bartel just went massive in this one. Yeah, he had a great game. So did uh, Joel Selwood. Yeah. Um, he, he scored 128. Um, those who have Corey Enright massive. Uh, would have raked it in as well. Yeah, massive. Um, probably I'd I'd had to say I had to say it, but the only probably disappointing or uh, two disappointing scores. Danger and Laird. Um, first one, yeah, Danger and Laird. Yeah, um, Laird with a seventy-one, which is obviously disappointing. And Dangerfield, oh, I'd hate to say this about anyone who scores one hundred and eleven, but um, most people would have had him captain. So it is kind of a bit of a it is a bit of a letdown. Oh, I agree. Um, I mean, when you score 20 below your average, then you're letting quite yeah. some people down, So, um, especially yeah. being so popular. But maybe even a bigger letdown than that, Rory Sloan only scored in the 80s for this game. Um, again, had a real point to prove against his teammate that had been traded away, and all the Brownlow talks about danger when Sloan's actually probably hot on his tail, but really just failed to fire in this one. Yeah, um... To be fair, I think as far as the Brownlow votes are concerned, I don't. They may not have polled in this game, so I think Sloan might be, you know, still have uh, maintained that uh, lead he'll that poll. Danger has. He'll poll. He'll find a vote yeah. somewhere. It'll be like oh. Enright, Bartel. It'll be like Bartel, Selwood, and then for some reason Danger will just sneak through with a vote somehow. It's just what, yeah. what Dangerfield does. Somehow he gets he'll one vote. vote. Yeah, he always yeah. just pulls one out of somewhere. Um, but yeah, that that was a game full of disappointments. I mean, Dangerfield captain Laird being um, quite un uncharacteristically average, and then Sloan just not even not even scoring above ninety. So um, we yeah. might move on to a game that had a lot more highs rather than lows. And if we look straight to this Brisbane side, Stefan oh, Martin. Oh yeah, this is great, guys. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, Jordan. Oh, you take over. Um, you take over. You go. Yeah. Oh, all right. So, um, it's been it's been about it's about fifteen weeks 
um, since I last heard the Brisbane Lions theme song. It's been about 10 years, um, mate. Oh, yeah, it's, it's been a while, guys. Um, and I was at the game. It was one of the greatest uh, moments of my uh, year. Better than as as, three uh, GFs in a row. Better, better than three grand finals I, in a row. That's what that is. Oh, yeah. When you've waited this long, when you've waited 15 weeks for a win, you tend to appreciate uh, the little things in life. Um, Fair enough. Such as winning. Yep. Yeah. I'd um, imagine so. On, uh, we'll start with uh, the Brisbane side of the ledger because I think... Of course. The, the four... Uh, Popular picks up the top there. Yeah, we'll say... We'll call, yeah, I was trying to think of a fancy nickname just... Didn't come to mind. Um, yeah, the four popular picks, Stefan Martin, Tom Rockliffe, Dane Zorko and Daniel Ritt, all turned up. Um, fantastic performances. Uh, Stefan Martin with 162, Tom Rockliffe, 154, Dane Zorko and Daniel Rich 113 apiece. Um, it's not going to happen too many more times this year, but you'll take them when they come. I'll point out a couple of things. Thing number one, Tom Rockliffe, thank you, Captain. I uh, didn't VC Jack Stephen when I, I really, really thought about it, but had to go danger. So Captain Tom Rockcliffe, and you really came through for me. Um, any team versus Essendon, I tend to throw the captaincy on whenever I can. And actually, as it goes, any team versus Brisbane, I tend to throw the captaincy on. So I figured this would be a high point scoring game for, for some of the big guns. But Daniel Rich, last week we, we ceased any trash talk because we always trash talk him. We started hashtag Daniel Rich 120. Didn't quite come to fruition, but... Wow, a hundred. Oh, you'll take one thirteen. Oh, take it every day of the week when he's delivering sixties and seventies. So, we're gonna give him a massive yeah. pat on the back. We'll start a more re- realistic hashtag Daniel Rich one fifteen this week, and let's see him knock that one yeah. on the head. Oh, he's up against your my Port Adelaide this week. All right, hashtag uh, Daniel Rich just fifteen. Then that'll that'll do. Him. Yeah. Oh yeah, that'll do. That'll do fine. Um, on the Essendon side, Zach Merritt. Well, oh, just. Big continues time. to, yeah, yeah, continues to dominate. You know what? Um, you can count on Zach Merritt for over 110 as much as you can count on Zaharaka scoring below 60 when he gets tagged. How much of a choke is he yeah. when he gets tagged? It's crazy. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, uh, when Zaharaka's cops attention, Zach Merritt just runs free. Um, you, kind of, you kind of almost feel bad for Zaharaka's owners now. Um I'd hope there aren't too many. Are there still owners? Yeah, there. I'd imagine there'd be quite a few. Oh, poor uh, let's have a look at his ownership. I'll send out a prayer his every own, day for them. Yeah, nine, ten, almost 10% of teams. Oh, that so hurts. Yeah, so if you've got Zaharaka, it's really just... I think it's time to move him on. Um, or, here's an alternative option. If you do have Zaharaka, and you've held him all this time... Maybe yeah. you could think about moving your team on. That could be an option. No? Yeah. Start 2017 research. Hashtag 2017 research. And I think Zaharakis goes to number one of the never again list. But in all seriousness, yeah. I do feel bad for him because he really did drag him in with all those tons at the start of the season. And look, I myself, yeah. I was strongly considering it. And Every podcast we do, we'll talk him down. No, he starts like this. He always does this. He scores in rough patches. And then he just kept on scoring and scoring and scoring. He was, his value was too good. And to all you Zaharakis owners, you did get sucked in by a genuine um, pretender. And nice I, I do feel bad for his because it was a, a trap. And 
It was a very well disguised trap. So um, by all means, keep your teams together. Um, and yeah, it's just you gotta you gotta get rid of him somehow to that nine percent surely. Yeah. Learning curves, guys. Learning curves. Big time, like not starting um, or getting Zach Merritt in at all. That's that's a learning curve for me. Yeah. Yeah, that, um, that hurts. Yeah, I think. <laughs> um, I think that's about it for that game. Hawthorne um, Richmond yeah. is the next game, and I expected that to be a lot closer. Even especially after the first quarter. I mean, Richmond were actually doing okay against them, but. Nope. Yeah. Hawthorne just run ragged against them. And as a Sam Mitchell owner, Geary, how happy were you? Oh, I'm ecstatic. Um, 130-plus. Uh, absolutely fantastic. I reckon he can do this all season for the rest of the season. Oh, jeez. Um, wow, this is all season, 130-plus. Maybe I'm getting a bit carried away, but I reckon he can perform well for the rest of the season. <laughs> um, right. I'll, I'll let you back him. We'll say we'll say 105 plus for the rest of the season. Oh, that's way that's that's, that's bit, achievable. Yeah, that's probably underbacking. Yeah, him that's now. way more realistic. Yeah, that's way more realistic. I, I think I just got a bit carried away with the one there. Yeah, you need to calm um, down. Um, I reckon a bigger, maybe not a bigger story from this, but the two bookmarks at either end of that Hawthorne team, Gunston and Gibson. Hey, they've got the same yeah. initials. I just realised that. So JG from either side yeah. of the ground, um, both yeah. just killing it and. Proving people wrong. Hawthorne players can be just super consistent at times. Well, both of them, if you've got them, they're excellent picks. I reckon they're both averaging above 90 this season. As far as bringing them in now, nah. probably not. Unless, unless you know, you've got someone... You've got, like, a forward line like yours, Jordan, and you've got, like, Dalhouse, Deledio, <laughs> just and a new Hall. Sorry, sorry to make an example of you, but... Um, if guys like Deledio and Dalhouse aren't back this week, then... Consider um, consider Gunson, no doubt, yeah. Yeah, Gunson is a, de- is a legitimate consideration. He's sub-500, he's 495k, so definitely worth bringing in. And if you look to the other team, Geary, look past Dustin Martin's normal score, Trent Cotchin's normal score, look at who's below Cotchin. Alex Rance, where, where has he come from? I thought he was just, you know, just sticking to being I... terrible all year. Yeah, um, I was kind of worried as well because I brought him uh, in quite late and he's been giving me absolute garbage same. since I brought him in. Same as um, me. Yeah, but um, he's come good this game. Uh, 100 on the dot uh, after scaling and hopefully, look, from defenders like Alex Rance, you don't really expect 100 each week, but not something in the 95 90 to 95 range you'd or take almost every day. Um, and Alex Rance, he's very capable of doing it. He takes those um, contested marks, intercept marks, which really um, boost his super coach score. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, let's just hope he can continue this for the rest of the season. Amen to that. Um, I did pick him up late as well, just like you, and have copped a lot of bad scores and not many good scores. So this was definitely a... Um, a welcomed return to form for Arantzi. Um Final game of the round, my mob, Port Adelaide versus GWS. And boy, we we were competitive for at least a half and then they just sort of gws us and ran away with it. So um, my hopes went up too highly anyways. But yeah, no, it was 
it was ordinary to see that we could compete for a half and then just let it slip away. So um, on to the players, though. Jasper Pittard just been a sensational this season. Um, yeah. Talk a bit about him, Gary. Yeah, um, just he's found his role as that rebounding defender. Um, he just uh, he just hasn't had a bad... I can't remember him having a bad game. Not a stinker. No, nah, not really. No. Nah. Nah. Um, if you can... F- Find the if you can find if you need a I wouldn't say it now but if Daniel Richard had a bad gap this week I'd have considered oh you might want to consider try getting in Jasper Pittard because he has been outstanding. If I had any um, more than one trade, then Rich to Pittard was a realistic um, trade that was going through my mind. Yeah, um, yeah, Daniel Rich. I probably wouldn't have been able to afford him, but. Um, yeah, Daniel Rich to someone would have been lovely. A uh, yeah, it would have been lovely. Um, um, moving along though, Robbie Gray did Robbie Gray things. Chad Wingard though was a bit disappointing. Those who have him, yeah, he was, um, he was down a bit. Um, same with Westoff, who I will reveal now was my POD trade in for uh, Aaron Hall. So didn't work out this week. It was pouring down with rain, so probably not the best week to trade him in, but. I feel like it will work for me in the end, but yeah, just not instant return like I would have liked. Yeah, and like you said, Wingard yeah. only only the um the mid sixty score and I mean just not a lot coming from the port camp except Gray and Pittard and if you held on to Ollie Wine, still just in the nineties, so not nothing too great there. Yeah, hasn't yeah, hasn't been much of a primo this year, so that's a bit disappointing. On the GWS side, Caniglio and Shield were able to turn up like usual. Um, Toby Green got a 90-odd. Uh, Heath Shaw in the A's again is where he tends to sit, but it's a, it was a wet game and he was butchering it a little bit. I think he was at three at quarter time, so not a bad comeback from him. Um, his yeah. apprentice, Zach Williams, was also down on the 70s. So, um, Geary, I will get you to talk about Callum Ward, though. He was our uh, danger pick for... A, Gary Ablett, and he did score well in that first week, but this week he's just shown his inconsistency. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's kind of a pattern with these uh, GWS mids. You just never know who's gonna who's gonna shine, who's gonna drop off. Um, yeah, Ward was just a casualty of that this week. Uh, I guess if you've got him, you've got to hold on to him because he's very capable of scoring 120 the next week, and it's too late in the season to be worrying about. Uh, trading out guys like Callum Ward, who can, who I'd say has the capacity to score big, is uh, he's still considered a solid premium midfielder. Just uh, it's just the danger of picking a GWS midfielder where you have because uh, not everyone, not every player can score a ton uh, as the nature of super coach is, and I guess that's just something you'd have to live with if you've got Callum Ward. Yeah, there's going to be some inconsistencies in his game, that's for sure. And you just got to hope one of those 140s comes in a grand final week and wins you with the league or at a decent time during rankings. So um, nothing much more you can say about Wardy. And I reckon that's the show, man. It was a bit of a shorter one because I am feeling terrible and am coughing every three seconds. Hopefully I'll be able to get them all out so um, people miss them. But yeah, no, thank you for joining me on... um, for a little shortened podcast, a little bit of a um, quickened one, mate. Pleasure being back. Hope you get well, Jordan, for next week. 